In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. The catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred. And today we continue the series of the three-part conversation that I've had with my guy Gregory Colbert on love, sex, and relation tips. So far, we've discussed everything from work wives and work husbands, mentors and the mentoring dynamic, platonic relationships, setting and enforcing boundaries, and, and, and much more. So we continue to go deeper in this third and final installment. And then we even touch on parenting and a few other relational gems. Let's get into it right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. You, you said a lot about boundaries. Um, I have a couple of thoughts. One is I, I would like for you to just maybe talk about just some good general universal boundaries. That's one part. The other part is I'd like to talk a little bit about how difficult it could be to enforce boundaries. Talk to us about general boundaries and then the challenges that come with maybe enforcing boundaries or why you think it's challenging. Yeah. I think um, before you can set boundaries is you have to know what your values are. So okay. you have to start there. You, you have to start with what are my values? So when I know my values now in a practical way, I can start to set up the correct boundaries that help me to stay true to those values. Mm. So I'll give a, a, a example of a boundary that everybody has to make is how you will allow someone to treat you. So that's Hold universal. That. Is that, mm-hmm. that is an absolute boundary that everybody needs to, 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 to have. And so that doesn't matter if that is your parent. That doesn't matter if that is your sibling. That doesn't matter if that is your spouse, um, friend, stranger. There are boundaries as to what I'm going to accept as an individual because I know my self-worth. So the higher the worth that I have, or I'll say it this way, the clearer the perspective that I have about my own worth, the more sturdy my boundaries are going to be. So when you look at like a diamond, a diamond that is like a, like a lot of carrot, they don't even have that in the, in, the, in the front of the shop in the glass for you to look at. That's in the back. Mm-hmm. Because the yeah. value of it determines how, 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 how strong the boundaries need to be. 
So that's why yeah. I always say the first part of boundaries, practically speaking, is learn your own value, learn, learn what your values are. When you know what those are, it allows you to then practically set up the boundaries of, so you're not going to talk to me that way and still remain in relationship with me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's in a relationship outside of a marriage. But even within a marriage, it still is. I'm setting boundaries to say, look, this, this is not acceptable in this relationship. And this relationship will shift in a certain way within the context of marriage because of your inability to respect the boundary within marriage. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's understanding like the value of an individual, knowing that value lets them set up how people treat me. It also allows people to set up um, what I allow people to do. So with my, uh, I'll, I use the example with my parents, things of that nature. Like you said, when I got married, um, mm-hmm. the relationships adjust. So, you know, it talks about that you shall become one flesh, you leave your father and mother. And the reason why that relationship is used is because it's using your greatest relationship and saying that you have to leave that relationship. You have to refocus it, readjust it where it looks differently. So there were times that my parents would be like, why are you doing that with your kids? Or they would come in with a kind of old mindset of how you kids are seen, not heard. And so I had to say, hey, so I understand that that's and, and it's always filled with grace. I understand that that was how, you know, you were raised and that's what you believe. And I absolutely see that being the case. And I'm not trying to change you. But what I am saying is that when it comes to my children, I want them to be vocal. I want them to say things because I don't yeah. want them to get into this place where they're older like me. And I give the example like me, where I had a hard time expressing myself for years because I was told not to. And then I'm all of a sudden supposed to turn that on. So yeah. in our household, when, when they have questions and they say why, we don't say you don't ask me why. We right. say, right. well, here's the reason That's why. This is the reason why we do this. Right. So yeah. it's, it's being able to have confrontation to be okay that relationships could change because of boundaries. So I've had multiple relationships and that's, that is the, uh, I want to say that's the caveat to setting boundaries is that when you set a boundary and someone crosses that boundary, if you don't correct it, then you are reestablishing your boundaries for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people are going to treat you the way that you train them to. Come on. Dog. Yeah. So I had to I had to be very strong with messages to say, hey, I know that's what you did, but this is not what we're doing. And if it is, and, and these are hard conversations, please believe me, they're hard. Yeah. yeah. If it is that you can't respect that boundary, then the kids just won't come over to your house. Yeah, man. And then you, but you, and know then what? you deal with that's the repercussions. <laughs> and you let the chips fall with it. Look, look, look. look. Yeah. When I got married, so because I was in ministry um, before I met my wife and had, you know, the opportunity to speak in different places. You know, I was, I was, I was, and then I was doing poetry and stuff at different open mic spots and all that stuff. So, and not only that, um, I mean, in college, you, you get put into these working groups, you know, and then you just develop a, a platonic relationship. So people had known me before they knew my wife and they knew me for a long time. But when I got married, um, I was like, man, I know a whole bunch of people that my wife hasn't had the opportunity to meet because of whatever reason. And I just wanted to make a blanket. Mm. I, and maybe I was overzealous in my approach. Maybe it could have been done a little bit more diplomatically. I don't know. And I, nor do I regret what I did. I don't know if the tactic was the best, but 
I just kind of sent out this broadcast email. Very uh, eloquent, like very diplomatic and respectful. I'm letting people know, like, hey, nothing's happened. You haven't violated anything. Um, and nor does our relationship have to end, but it needs to change. Like, right. hey, come through my wife if you want to talk to me. Because it just didn't look right for me to be yeah. conversing with you. You don't even, you, not only do you not have a, like, do, do you not talk about, like, you don't even know her. My wife doesn't even know you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just saying, hey, before something happens, like nothing has happened, you good? We ain't over here fighting. Yeah. You didn't like force my hand. I'm being proactive. Right because I value our friendship, but I also really value what's at home. And man, people fell out. People, you right. people, had, people that were married, yo, yo, yeah. they were married. I'm like, wait a minute. I would think your husband would, would like game, <laughs> game recognized game. He'd be like, yeah, man, heck yeah. I don't want you talking to my wife anyway, you know, or something like that. But right. I, I, lo- I right. love some, 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 what I thought were meaningful relationships, bro. And uh, yeah. it was unfortunate, but I ain't look back. I ain't look back. Yeah, and I, and that's a reality, man. Is that I think be and it's funny. I think if you were statistically, um, and I haven't looked up a statistic in a while, so don't quote me on for those that are listening. But uh, I think it was like it was like twenty eight percent of all affairs are with people who we have relationships with before we got married. Wow, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a telltale sign is that this isn't just something that's like a good idea. It's something yeah. that like is proven that this is this is catching people off guard because they don't realize they're building intimate relationships with people that ha- that have long-standing friendships and there's a connection there. We cannot deny if we've had a 20-year relationship with someone of the opposite sex that there is yeah. some the reason why we're friends for 20 years is because there's some type of attraction whether it be personality or something yeah. of that nature and if we find ourselves in vulnerable positions and we don't know the boundary of not confiding in that person then it leads yeah. to other places so I, I think it's you know I, one of my taglines is, is that God's way is not just right it's better when I start looking yeah. at these things practically like this outside of the Bible and I look at like what he said it's like man it makes sense because if you don't do that then this isn't the product of it. And so I look at it and that's kind of how I set up whenever we're doing any talks or anything like that. I expose the problem. I tell what I believe the solution is. And then I say where I got the solution from. So I always set it up in a way where anybody can relate to the problem. Right. And then usually the answer is like, oh, that answer makes sense. And then I'm able to bring them back to, hey, this is where I received that information from just to get people to get curious about well, maybe the principles of the Bible, maybe this Jesus is something that I'll just give a chance. Yeah. 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 I don't force it on people. I just tell them where I got it from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me, um, let me change gears. I got two different, two topics I want to try to touch on before, I, before, I, um, be, before I let you, before our time is up, man, I want to talk about fatherhood. Okay. I want to talk a little bit more about yeah. mentorship and then, um, if we got time, I want you to kind of just tease us a little bit and talk about your book. Okay. Uh, okay. so, so, you know, fatherhood, man has, uh, it has built me up. I mean, my kids don't realize how much they're like, I'm serving them and they're teaching me, you know, and they're holding mm-hmm. the mirror up to me. Right. 
And uh, mm-hmm. it has humbled me as well. Man, I tell people I have never done so much negotiating until I became a father. And you would think <laughs> I'd be able to dominate my house, man. But I'm learning how to, because, you know, I want to lead by influence, not by power. You know, like, yeah. I could make yeah. it happen and I could get yeah. obedient, but it won't be transformative, you know, and it won't be relational. Right. But um, one of the things that has happened as a father is I think I understood God more. Or maybe it showed me how much I didn't and don't understand God, I should say. Maybe maybe that's a more accurate way of saying it. Uh, It's maybe understand fatherhood differently. And you know what it's done, man? It's it's caused me to just stop trying to describe God. Because um, you figure how limiting my finite vocabulary is. And to try yeah. to explain an infinite God by default reduces God to the level of my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And but not only that, when I look at how customized my relationships with my kids are, even though they're under the same roof, um, I understand then now that everybody also would comprehend God differently. So I can't insist that they describe God the same way or with the same language as I would. Because if you ask my kids right now, who are only 17 months apart, tell me about your father. They will place emphasis on different things. They would use different words based on their lens and based on how they interpret and experience me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Same house. You know what I mean? Like, same core values I'm giving them. I said all of that. I took the scenic route. All of that to say. (laughs) Um, How do you think each of your boys will describe you? You got four boys. Yeah. How do you think they would describe you? Um, now I think I think probably one of the words they absolutely would use is uh-huh. a friend. And uh, I know that what a, what people a say. Yeah, I mean, wow. I know people say like you, you're not supposed to be your kid's friend. Yeah, I disagree with that because I think if God calls us friends. How in the world do we say that we our kids can't be friends with us? I think, now, I think what I that think, reveals is our low estimation of children, man. I think people, I mean, we just got, we're not too far removed from chattel slavery or seeing even women as property. And then, mm. you know, so you can tell how you treat like the least of these. And so I think the way we look at children, be seen and not heard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Anyway. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I think it's I think it's important that um, and I think where the kind of the misinterpretation of friend comes from is that most of us don't have authentic and real friends. So then we don't realize what a real friendship is supposed to look like. Mm. So because we because we don't have a healthy view of friendship, we think we can't be friends with our kids. But my friends, I'm in intimate relationship. We conversate. We talk. We debate about things. We Mm. disagree about things. They do things that I don't agree with. I do things that they don't agree with. We love each other. We forgive one another. Now, so if you take all of those characteristics of what I believe a friend is, why wouldn't we be friends with our children? Man, that's enough. Yo, yo, man, people, man, that, that part right there, I hope people rewind that, just sit with that for a minute. That, that, you need to just sit on that for a minute, man. That's, that's profound. Yeah. It, it, it's not, it shouldn't be profound. It should be, it should no. be that revolutionary no. of a thought, but the way you organize that 
that statement, man. Mm. Yeah. Man, I, I hold my I hold my friends accountable. And I do that with my children. You know, if yeah. if they going somewhere, if if one of my friends say that they're going somewhere and I know that that's not where they need to go, I'm gonna say, Hey, I don't I don't necessarily know if that's the best choice. You know, why why do you feel like mm. you need to go to that place and just ask questions? I do the same thing with my children. So I think But watch this friends and I and I think go ahead, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say something else and I think you would agree with this. Not only do I hold my friends accountable, not only do I hold my kids accountable, my kids are only six and seven, and I still allow them to hold me accountable. Man, so important. For instance, I'm working on this, so I'm I, I haven't um, I don't I don't do the spanking thing, and I am I am really trying not to even have to raise my voice, man. I'm trying, man. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know I already got the bass in my voice. I'm already bigger. You know, like pray you don't need to do all that. Just <laughs> yeah, gosh, man. And so what that's indicative yeah. of is like, Fred, you got to work on your self control. And I'm sometimes yeah. the hip the hypocrisy is I'm yelling at them to stop yelling. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Or or yeah. I got to come back and apologize to them, saying, Hey, yes, you were not doing what you needed to do, but that does not mean that I had to respond in a certain need- way. Yeah. I read a book. Mm-hmm. I read a mm-hmm. I read a book one time that described this so well. Is they said your your yell voice is for emergencies, but if you continue mm-hmm. to use that yell voice in common day when it needs to be used for emergencies, it won't have the same impact. So your yell wow, voice man. should be if they're getting ready to run in the street and you say stop. Yeah, they never heard oh, Daddy raise his voice. So that gets their attention. But if that's we good. yell all the time, they're, they're accustomed to us yelling. So I really try to take that into, into my, my mind and say that voice needs to be used for emergencies, not that's for good, everyday type of thing. And, you know, you don't yeah. do it perfectly, but I've, over time, I've just tried to make sure that I, I give that voice for just those things so that they know this is what I need you to pay attention now in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I, yeah, you don't get it perfect, but I think it is, um, it, it's so commendable for people that are at least working on it. They're at least walking in an awareness of it, you know, but you know, um, another reason is not just because the emergency, I love what you just said about the emergency. Another reason why I don't want to yell one is it's just unbecoming. Like it's not like, first of all, real authority doesn't have to yell. So, so it's like right. you kind of lost control if you yell, and that's one. But two, yeah. it's not productive. The same reason why I don't yeah. thank them is because it's not productive. It doesn't help the situation. Well, it also releases cortisol in their body, which leads to all kind of other problems. I mean, it, it, yeah. it can uh, impair brain development. So if I'm yelling at you because yeah. I want you to do something, <laughs> the likelihood yeah. of you executing well now decreases. Yeah. And I'm yeah. hurting your body. And I'm I'm, yeah. I'm your parent. I'm on your team. I'm, yeah. I want all of my yeah. instructions to serve you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so uh, I digress, man. So sometimes I mean they end up, I end up having to do push-ups. And what that does though is it reinforces that no, this standard is I'm for real about the standard. You're going to be held right. to the standard. The whole house is held to the standard. And sometimes That's I got to so do good. push-ups, and, and they're so happy to meet that out, man. Man, they jumping yeah. up and down. Yeah, and do your push-ups, yeah. Daddy. All right, man, calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's good. We have to, 
I think we, we don't understand as parents that we literally are modeling what it is that they see the most. It's the thing that's going to be seared in their mind the most. And yeah. if they can see humility and if they can see forgiveness and they can see I missed it and they can see those things on a consistent basis, it sets them up to where it's almost like that's all they know. So it's all they yeah. know to do. So yeah. I think it's it's very imperative, man, that we are intentionally parenting to where our kids, they can say, I learned the, I learned the fruit of the spirit from my parents, not somebody outside yeah. of my, my household. Yeah, yeah. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle EdFredTalks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back what to the show. Fatherhood taught you about Greg, about men or manhood, and about God. So about Greg, about manhood, and about God. If you could just maybe say the um, one for each, the, the, the most salient thing, the biggest thing in each of those areas, um, what would you say? Uh, for what did it teach Greg? I think it, it taught me a, a different side of love. Mm. Um, man, okay, you said one word, but let me get one sentence. Okay. I have to have a love for my children that the longevity of the of the investments I make today outlive me, if that makes sense. Unpack that a little bit. So I have to be disciplined enough because I love them so much to say, I need my health to be right because I need to be here a long time. Yeah. I need to yeah. be here when they have when their children have children because they're going to need what great grandpa has, has received over 95 years. They're going to, yeah. man, how, how valuable would that be if I'm still here and healthy? So yeah. my health, it's, it's my money. It is yeah. my marriage being consistent over the next 45 years. It's like yeah. everything that I'm doing, I'm doing with an unconditional love so that they can receive gifts that keep on giving year after year 
And eventually yeah. when they get to the place where they get to reap that harvest of what and they're reaping it now, but when they reap it for a long period of time, it's like that, that investment is like a 401k. It stayed in the ground for 30, 40 years. What kind of investment are they looking at in their own lives because of that? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, um, I think kids have no idea how they have helped to serve us, to, to, to help us mm. to get clarity, to get clarity, yes. man, and to uh, mm. amplify our, and for some people, maybe even give them their first why, you know? I mean, yeah. that's the heart of a father, man. Um, I live to equip my kids, man. Like, I'm trying to serve their destinies. Like, my kids don't owe me. The best way they can repay me is their gratitude. And it doesn't have to be some self-deprecating gratitude where they're like, they genuflect and bow and all this stuff. I just, the way you can thank me is live up to your potential. That's it. You don't owe me. You're not, you're not yeah. indebted to me. I just want you to launch yeah. successfully. And, uh, yeah. you know, that scripture that says a uh, good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Of course, I believe in leaving financial inheritance, but I think it is yeah. the character and what you've modeled yeah. that's going to ripple through the generations and your posterity, man. I think uh, right. that's, that's something about the intangibles is, is powerful. Yeah. So that's so, great. Okay. Uh, I think, what was the next one? About manhood. Manhood, I think it, it taught me... Uh, it taught me uh, intimacy a little bit more because mm. my kids are different. My youngest is very uh, emotional. So okay. I, it, it probably was a little bit more difficult for me to connect with him because of how emotional he was. And so at yeah. first I, I would kind of tell him to go to his mom because she could relate better. But then one day God convicted me and he said, this is your, this is your lesson. It's going to mm. teach you how to get more vulnerable and, and connect emotionally, which you don't do well in the moment. <laughs> you over, you over so, here trying to outsource. Go talk to your mama. <laughs> yeah. 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 With, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think it, it taught me vulnerability in a different way. Um, yeah. What was the, the next one was? Well, hold on. So, and it took some time to okay. get that, right? So he had to be patient yeah. and gracious with you. I mean, do you think he understood he was being patient with you? Um, no, because I, I think to, to, to my uh, dismay, I probably was very tactful about how I did it. So I don't know if he interpreted it okay. as okay. what could have been could have been interpreted as, as rejection. But I think that I was tactful enough with my response to to not. I understood I couldn't be overboard, but sure, I still knew sure, it was sure. a hard issue. Sure. And so I knew as he got older, he would recognize it more. So the, it was the grace of time to be able to kind of take his younger years to learn it so that now, you know, he's yeah. and, and we don't have that issue anymore. So I think he's not going to remember where daddy was going through the process. He's going to remember yeah. when daddy was just Thank there God. and was able to connect with me emotionally. So that's God's grace. Thank man. God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And what has being a father, or what has fatherhood taught you about God? Like, what do you see more clearly or see at first, for the first time about God that you, that it took fatherhood for you to have this type of comprehension? How much he wants me, how much he wants more for me than I want for me. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I get it. That, you don't even need to unpack that. Yeah, that's so real. I bet every father 
I hope every father can get that. That's that's real. Um, how has being a husband? Uh, oh, oh no no no. What uh what has helped you to understand? How has it helped you to understand your parents better now that you are a father? They were dealing with they, they were operating in the wisdom that they had in the moment. Yeah, yeah. So right. it right. helps me to be a little bit more gracious to just understand like they were working with what they had and they were doing the best that they could. Yeah. Um, so it helps me to yeah. forgive. It helps me to be gracious. So, but that, yeah. that would be the greatest lesson I've learned. Yeah, man. I think, um, just, um, youthful pride. I'm, I'm speaking of me. Yeah. Um, you me think too. you got it figured out. And so I'm judging, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's one layer. And then I'm judging because it's like, well, you said it's supposed to be like this. So I'm holding, I'm trying to hold you strictly to that standard. And my young mind doesn't understand nuance. Right. Right. And right. then thirdly, oh, Lord, don't get me. Don't let me get religious now. Because now, you know, knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. I think yeah. I got it all. I think I'm more righteous. So now I become self-righteous and indignant. And right. and, th- and saying what I would do, what I wouldn't do. And then I get a kid. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, I need some grace. Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were doing this after work? Like you had to do with all that and muster up some energy just to, oh, oh. Yeah. If I could rewind time, you know, like, hold on, my bad, my bad. You, 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 you deserve some honor, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, okay, man. How, how has, uh, how has marriage, what has marriage taught you? If you could give me maybe one overarching thing, and then I'll move to the next thing. Um, marriage has taught me, uh, hmm, if I had to get one thing, I don't want to get something that's cliche because I was going to say that it taught me sacrifice, but everyone says that. that. Well, that's what I was thinking anyway. It? I mean, the whole doggone thing <laughs> but I don't is sacrifice. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say okay. that. What I want to okay, say well, is like you didn't it, just say it. <laughs> it's taught me communication. <laughs> Woo. Come on, Doc. Because being a communicator, I think I'm good at communication. Bruh. Bruh. Hey, but I understand. Hey. <laughs> hey. Oh. You sound just like me. I yeah. literally have said yeah. that. Because I was a preacher. Yeah. I was a trainer. Yeah. So I'm in class talking all day. I'm doing spoken yeah. word. I mean, we come from the yeah. same talk. I'm thinking I'm the yeah. greatest communicator. I was a horrible listener. I was a Ever. Great exactly. And that's what it taught me. It taught me that my communication is only as good as my ability to allow the audience to receive it. Man. Man. So if my if my wife does not receive my communication well, I suck at communication when it comes to her, even though I'm great at it with everybody else. Ooh. God dog, man. So it it shifted it shifted me, man. It shifted me to learning how to communicate from the lens of listening. Could you give us uh, a few gems? I mean, because now I understand the evangelist Calvin brought us, aka Snoop Dogg. He admonished us, and he said that the game is to be sold, (laughs) not told. So I recognize you do have a book coming out, and you don't want to spoil it, but Tell us about the book, man. Um, who is the intended yeah. audience? 
Um, what's the focus, the premise of the book? What are some gems? What can we expect? Man. So the book is called Formula 21 and it's going to be three parts. So it'll be three different books. So the first book is going to be the ready stage. So the audience intend, intended is singles. But what I love about every single one of these books is that a married person can pick this book up and be able to understand because they are married. That doesn't mean that they still don't have a level of singleness. So they can pick this book up and begin to be able to track back to some things to say, man, that's why I am this way in the marriage. And this is what I need to do as an individual to get stronger in that area. So I bring more to the table when it comes to our marriage. So that's the blessing that it's a, it's a project for singles, but a married person is going to be able to pick this up and feel like it's still speaking to them in their marriage. So the first book is ready. And it's just, a, there's three different phases to me in a relationship is, are you ready as a single? Then the next one is set. What's your plan as a single person when you're getting, when you're going into a relationship and then uh, slow down. So ready, set, slow down is just because you got engaged, just because you got a boo doesn't mean that you disengage from the process, but you see it all the way through. So we want to, you know, go at that time when really we need to actually set a great pace, even when we're in a relationship to make sure that this is actually the right thing. So the ready stage is the first book. And we're just going to be talking about you as an individual, as a single person, you need to get healthy because if you don't know you, then every other stage is going to be toxic because it's birthed out of a toxic place. Gosh, dog. Yeah. So yeah. it's really about getting whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really about mm-hmm. getting whole, getting ready. And my wife made a, a statement that I thought was so good. She said, why is it that we don't graduate from singleness to date? Hmm. And I was like, I ain't never even thought about you need to graduate from being single in order to just be released to date. But I thought it was so profound because we don't put a criteria on, am I even ready to be in a relationship? Because if I can't be in a relationship with me, I sure can't be in a relationship with someone else. Facts. Facts. Yeah. 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 Facts. Okay. All right. So wait, did you tell me about the third book? So I'm only going to give you the first one is ready. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. I that's the one that's coming out this year. That's okay. the one that's coming out this year. And then next year, the plan is to come out with the other two, hopefully. If not two, definitely in the next three years, all books, all three of the books will come out to give the full formula 21. Awesome. Okay. 21. Can you help me understand? Yeah. Are you able, are you, do you feel like, okay, with telling us what's behind the number 21? Honestly, it was when I was, I sat down and I was, I was actually preparing for a small group and I broke it up into the three different sections. And then I just started writing and I felt like there were seven major principles in all three stages. And please tell listeners, what else do you have coming up? Uh, Is there a CD, any type of musical uh, project that we can expect to get from you? Where can we hear you preaching? What about your workshops that you and Sarita do? Like all the stuff that we need to look out for and then where we should be looking out for those things or how we should be trying to contact you. You know, tell us Absolutely. tell us all your business. All right. So we actually are launching our uh, website September 1st. So just in a week, um, we will have it's uh, decide to thrive.org. So decide to 
thrive.org, and you'll be able to see all of the events that are coming up. We'll be speaking at a um, Mending the Broken um, workshop in October. Uh, we'll be talking about specifically how you set up boundaries with relationships. Mm. Um, after that, we will be having our Love, Sex, and Relationships event. Um, we will have a single session and a married session on November 2nd. So that is going to be our big event. It is in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it's going to be at Faith Christian Center, our home church. So you can get all the details on the website. We're on Facebook as well, as well as Instagram and Twitter. So you can look up Decide to Thrive, and you'll be able to find us, Greg and Sarita Colbert. And then in February, we'll be in Tennessee um, at a marriage conference speaking to married couples. Um, so we're excited about um, being in Tennessee, but all those will be on the website. Um, I think that's really all that we got going on with the CD. Um, I actually just felt like I got a song, my first song, uh, that I'm going to be putting together soon. So there may be a single coming out next year, possibly. Um, I don't know if it's going to be an individual project or we're going to do it along with my church. Um, so more to come with that subject. But if you would like to hear any information about preaching or anything of that nature, definitely the website or our church website where um, I'm a worship leader. So I'm there pretty much every week leading worship um, as well as get the opportunity to speak sometimes. That is www.phx. Uh, uh, I don't mess up the, the email address. Come on, Doc. <laughs> FCC-PHX.com. FCC-PHX.com. Dot com. So you can go, uh, we have live stream 10 o'clock every Sunday and first Wednesday at seven o'clock. So you'll see me there pretty much 95% of the time leading worship and every now and again, getting the opportunity to speak. Let me ask you this, man, um, for your work, your workshops, uh, are they going to be live streamed? And if people can't, if people can't attend physically, they can't watch it live. Is there any opportunity after the fact to, purchase or download or access the session. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. One, one thing we're working on. Yeah. We're working on to see if we can get it live stream for a fraction of the price to come to the actual event. So that's kind of in the works and that'll be on the website if we get that ability to do that. But if not, the MP3s will be available for both single and married session um, a week after the event um, has occurred. All right. Right. And, and if people want to book you, they also go to the website. I mean, I know you already have your own engagements and you told us about that, how to attend and watch and access. But if they say, well, you know what? I don't want to go to you. I want you to actually come to my folks over here. Is that the same means that they yeah. would go through to reach out to you? Absolutely. So host the LSR um, or Love, Sex and Relationships. That'll be a, a part of the website where you can book us to come on out. We'll bring our team and we'll minister to your singles. A lot of churches, that's one thing we want to partner with churches, nonprofit organizations who want to get more information to singles or married couples or families, because that is the third part of our ministry is ministering to parents on how to parent for a lifetime, like a legacy of parenting. Um, so with all three of those, you can definitely go onto the website and host uh, one of the um, one of the events and we'll come to you. Right on, right on. My good brother. And when I say brother, man, I'm not just saying that. Uh, loosely, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate our friendship, man. And uh, Absolutely. again, thank you so much for your time, man. Oh, I appreciate so, it, man. Thanks for having me on. I definitely appreciate it. You bet, man. Love you, man. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Love you, too. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.
As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. Hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.